The name is Mr. T. First name is Mr. Middle name is that period. Last name is T. Listen and listen good. I'm talking to you. When a new kid moves in on your block, what's your attitude? Do you figure? What do we need him for? Well, I pity the fool that makes that mistake. You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. Let's go back in time when turtles roam the sewers of New York. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror, the black And knowing was half the battle. It's time for Saturday Morning Rewind. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode. Well, kind of the first. This is the first interview episode of the podcast for the new year. So happy new year, everybody. And you are in for a special huge treat for this episode. The one, the only, Phil Lamar. Pretty much everybody who is listening right now knows who Phil Lamar is. Uh, If you don't know his stuff as a voice actor, you know him from Pulp Fiction. Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped... Maybe Mad TV? No problem. Actually, small problem. There's only two packages. It's only one trip. I don't make two trips unless there are five more packages of medium or greater size, because then they won't fit on the handcart. And then once I hit the truck, I'm gone. <laughs> um, of course, he's huge in Justice League, Samurai Jack. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Futurama. I'm going to jump! I can go on and on with all the hits that he's had in his career, but uh, seriously, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I think you guys are going to really dig it. So uh, before I go into it, remember to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. We are starting Twitch. Twitch TV is an online thing where you watch me play video games. I'll announce on Facebook and Twitter what I'm going on. You go to twitch.com or twitch.tv. Which one is it? I don't know. All the links are on the website. But uh, I'll announce what I'm going on, and I'm, I'm playing some old SNES, NES games. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it if you're like me. And if that was part of your Saturdays as a kid, wake up, watch cartoons, have some Lucky Charms. And then when noon hit, cartoons were done, play some video games. But uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So here we go. Here is Phil Lamar. All right. So, oh, by the way, if you hear me pounding on my floor, it's because I'm telling my kids to be quiet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're downstairs watching a movie. I told them, be quiet. I'm talking to Phil. Oh, that's funny. How old are they? Uh, I got two-year-old. I got seven and ten. Oh, wow. All girls. Wow. I know. It's going to be an interesting 20 years in about three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. Are, are you in L.A. right now? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. How's the weather there, by the way? Um, it's fine. It's like uh, seventy and sunny. Oh, that must be nice. Yeah, where are you? I'm in Montana. Oh, really? Yeah. So right now it's thirty. It's actually warm. It's thirty degrees right now, and we consider that you know t-shirt and shorts weather. Uh, <laughs> so you've got your your full on winter going. Yeah, just about. It's funny because I was watching the weather last weekend, and uh, by the way, I don't know how it is, it is in L.A., but the weathermen up here are horrible, and they're always wrong. 
<laughs> well, we don't really have any weather, so <laughs> it's true. They don't. It's hard for them to be wrong. And don't you guys have like Playboy bunnies telling the weather? No, no, it's mostly guys with uh, tans and big hair. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, I was watching the weather and uh, the whole map of Montana. You know, a huge state. I'm in, I'm in a small town. We got about two stoplights, three stoplights in town. And uh-huh. just over our area was this nice little orange patch of of orange. And the whole state of Montana said they're going to get about ten to twelve inches of snow, and we were going to get three inches just in our little puny area. Oh my so gosh! It's, it's been nice actually compared to everywhere else around us. My gosh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how people do it. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I kind of grew up in Florida before this. Ha! <laughs> so I, and then I moved to Fargo from there, so I was more prepared because it's much colder in Fargo. Than right, it right. Is here, so I was a little more prepared for it. But yeah, I'm not a winter person. I don't, I don't do much in the winter time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine there is much to do. I mean, unless you ski or snowmobile or something. But I've, I didn't grow up doing that, so I, I don't know how to. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, so I just stay inside and watch cartoons and. Play video games. <laughs> hey, you know, that's that's a, not a bad life. It's not. It gets me through the wintertime, so I'm happy. Now, let's, let's start off with, tell me about you as a kid. What kind of kid were you? Um, hmm. Uh, I, I, was, I was a reader. Okay. Uh, did a lot of reading. Um, sci-fi, fantasy, um, Sherlock Holmes, but not... I'm not a mystery person in general, mm. um, but I, I'm, I'm thinking of all of the sets of books that I still have on my shelf, uh, all the Conans, um, and and of course my my comics. Uh, of course, uh, yeah. So you really were a little nerd at heart as a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Are you still that little nerd? Um, I suppose so. I mean, I I, I don't read. Uh, books as much, but I, I'm still at my, get my comics every Wednesday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I stopped collecting maybe about 15 years ago. I think I just I just couldn't do it anymore, and the stories just kept on changing. You know, they kept on revamping storylines and <laughs> characters and everything. I just got a little fed up with that. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, yeah, and it's 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 interesting because the people who didn't you know, wash out with age um, because there's a huge nostalgia factor in something like comics, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and movies too, but movies don't come out every week. Um, but what ends up happening is the people who don't leave keep pushing the form backwards mm-hmm. because they, you know, are holding up on a pedestal all the stuff that they read when they were 12, whether it was good or not. Yeah, you know, because we we all just fetishize those things that were our our first you know glance into it. So they constantly complain about how things have changed and how things are different. It's like, well, move on, stop it. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you know, you don't you don't see Dora the Explorer fans going, oh, Dora's and backpack and Dora are not what they used to be, <laughs> because well, the thing is. Kids outgrow them and they leave them alone. Yeah. They let those things. For, they leave those toys for for the next generation. Well, not the, but the next round of kids, you know. And uh, although it must be a, a weird thing now, because when we were kids, 
There was a show that was hot. It was a hit. We watched it. Yep. We outgrew it. And then it went away. Yep. It was gone, and then something new would come along. But now nothing goes away. Everything you ever watched is running somewhere. And if it's not running somewhere on cable, then it's on Netflix. <laughs> you know, it's, yep. it's all there. Which, in some ways, is great because it makes for young people today can have a pop cultural literacy that we could never have unless you were a real nerd, a real geek. You know, I, th I think it was Patton Oswalt who wrote something a few years ago about the fact that geekdom, nerddom, as we know it, is dead. Because it no longer requires the effort that it used to require. Mm -hmm. You know, true. if you wanted to know everything about Star Trek, you had to go find out. Because Star Trek was off the air. <laughs> you know, there, there was no internet. You had to find uh, a fanzine and get you know and mail something to the guy to have him mail it to you. Oh yeah, you know? I remember those days. <laughs> you know, or I mean, it's the same thing with you know uh, friends who were deep into music and they would go comb through record stores for old records. You had to do that with everything. You know, now it's Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like okay, there's that lost cut on the 1989 Cure record. Oh, here it is on YouTube. <laughs> You know, you don't have to go to Portland, yep. you know, in somebody's, you know, garage sale to find that. Oh, I miss those record days, record store days. <laughs> I still collect right now and, and got back into it recently. And uh, are you a music person? I'm not. I'm not. But I have a lot of friends who are. Okay. That yeah. was that was their geek. Yeah. Comics it's... comics were mine. Yeah. I was a music and a, and a cartoon and comic geek. So a little mixture of everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's funny uh, being in the animation world now and realizing that there were, um, you know, comic book, I mean, uh, cartoon nerds. Yeah. Because um, I didn't, I, I watched cartoons, but I think I was pretty much mainstream in the sense that I watched the stuff that was on Saturday morning. Yep. I didn't seek out stuff. I didn't know, you know, stuff about it. Um, and the fact that there are people who do and did i mean again it's gotten a lot easier yeah you know the fact that people know those of us who do cartoon voices now is is partially gratifying in the, in the sense that wow this work is not going you know unnoticed the way it did when you know th there were titans that walked the earth you know nobody knows what don messick looks like <laughs> but everybody knows the scooby-doo voice yeah you know and yeah. it's it is sort of a shame that outside of Mel Blanc, those guys, you know, Dawes, Butler, and those guys did not get the credit for the impact they had on, you know, our childhood psyches. Um, so it's kind of nice to, to be recognized. But again, you also know that it's also much easier to know who we are. Mm hmm. You know, because even though the credits now run at, you know, <laughs> they speed them by in the corner of the screen, it's all on IMDb. Yeah. You know, yep. and somebody can find that on their phone while, you know, the credits are speeding by. So, you know, it's 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 interesting because it's a it's it's a mixed bag. You know, speaking of the, the greats out there, um, great voice actors who've passed and left us. Um, a little fun question came to mind just now. Um, if you could pick maybe five to ten all-star cast 
Living Dead, who would you cast in a cartoon that you're casting? Um, huh. I don't know. That's that's a tough. I mean, it's and it's tough because who would I not cast? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know that's the thing. I mean, we're so fortunate in that this is this weird little corner of the business where it's very small town. Everybody knows each other, and everybody likes each other. You know, because everybody does all the same work. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if you go down into a mine with somebody every day for years. You can't have many issues. You know, feature films are very different. You know, one movie has nothing to do with another movie. And the people who are on that movie, it's a very temporary, you know, relationship they have. And cartoons, it's different. Even though each show is kind of its own thing and it's sort of temporary, there are a lot of us who do the different shows. So... The our relationships transcend each cartoon. You know, um, I can remember I was just actually um, sending a birthday wish to my friend Jason Marsden, uh-huh. and one of the first shows I worked on was with Jason. It was called The Weekenders, mm-hmm. and it was uh, an ABC cartoon, and he played the main kid, and I played his friend, and then. Within a year or two, I think while we were still doing Weekenders, we both got cast on another show called Static Shock, mm-hmm. which was a superhero show for Kids WB on Saturday morning, where I was the main kid and he was the friend. <laughs> and it was really funny. And, you know, it didn't really make any difference. We did the same job, you know. Um, and I get that now. Like, there are people that. You know, when I was on Futurama or Justice League, they would come in and do guest spots. You know, uh, Jeff Bennett and Rob Paulson or Billy West would come in, you know. And now when I go, for instance, over to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that's Rob's show. So before, Rob used to come over to my house Mm -hmm. to visit. You know, now I go over to his house to visit every once in a while, you know. But the relationship stays the same. And it's, it's really nice because... You know, maybe because nobody's getting rich, you know, off of any one thing. Because it's basically a scale business. You know, everybody gets paid union scale. Um, there's very little ego involved in in voiceover and cartoon voiceover. Um, there's no sort of like backstabbing, cutthroat, you know, kind of thing where it's like, oh, I wanted that part, you got that part. You know, <laughs> nine out of ten times when I audition for something and don't get it and then I hear the person who did get it I go wow that was better than what I auditioned with nice. yeah. you know it's it's in my experience it's the most merit based section of show business I've I've been involved in let's go back to the, your very first role I I was in love with the Mr. T cartoon as a kid I actually had a Mr. T birthday party because of the cartoon I got a Mr. T toy I wore really? a Mr. T t-shirt because my name's Tim, so it said Mr. T on the t-shirt. Yeah, I was obsessed with the Mr. T. I was just, Mr. T was just everything to me at that age, I guess, because I loved the Rocky movies and, you uh, know, and uh. A-Team and that kind of stuff. And But let me say, that, that cartoon really doesn't hold up that much. <laughs> no, Tim, it didn't hold up at the time. <laughs> Maybe when I was five it, it did, though. <laughs> you know, and again, that's what I was talking about, that, that, those nostalgia glasses. Yeah, you know, exactly. You see something at that age, 
it can resonate on a single level and you think it's the best thing in the world um and yeah i mean i i was a i was 16 when we started that okay. so um so i you know was outside the demographic for the show um <laughs> and 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 i tr- have learned to never say anything bad about a show because you never know yeah you know you put something out there to a million people statistically speaking for some of those people that's going to be their favorite thing just just on a statistical basis and you know odds are i'm never going to meet those those people mm-hmm. but you know if i go on a you know web interview and say oh that show sucked <laughs> you know that somebody's going to get their feelings hurt although i do have to admit that i have been a little too frank in the past about the Mr. T show. <laughs> I mean, it's not horrible. My kids probably would enjoy it. I don't know if they've even seen it, but they probably would enjoy it. But I don't know. It's just someone with that dog and the little kid, the little white kid that wants to be Mr. T. And uh-huh. it's just a little weird. <laughs> no, no, no. The whole thing was it was basically a ripoff of the Scooby of Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can tell that the whole concept of it. Um, was driven by marketing. It was there was no there was no creative voice, you know, being given you know a, a place to speak. It's like this is the side of Mr. T that's going unseen. <laughs> you know, we really need people to know this. You know, the side of him that coaches a gymnastics team and solves mysteries. You know? <laughs> the world did not need. That cartoon. Although, if they if they brought it back these this day with Mr. T doing it again, I think it'd be pretty popular on YouTube. Well, they basically kind of have. Have you seen the Mike Tyson mysteries? You know, I haven't. No. I mean, it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, but it's basically the Mr. T show, and it's Mr. <laughs> T doing his own voice. I mean, Mike Tyson yeah. doing his own voice. Oh my goodness, I have to watch that. And it's the same kind of you know, uh, shoddy animation, the exact same character wow. designs, you know? Yeah, I need to check that out. I, I also heard that you sat in for a recording session for Captain Caveman with Mel Blank. Yes. What was that like? Tell me some stories about that. Um, it was just uh, a friend of my mother's um, worked for NBC and... I can't even remember how it came about I don't remember if I asked or if she offered but I got a chance to go um, and sit outside of a recording session and you know it was Mel Blanc was doing the voice of Captain Caveman and it was you know very very late in his life Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken I believe he had an oxygen tank with him um and uh but the performance was still there you know and it's really interesting cuz a few uh, a few months ago i think yeah it was during during 2014 or 13 um i worked on an episode of the garfield cartoon alongside june foray oh yeah you know and june's in her 90s and it's funny because i i told her that um I, we had met, actually, she came in and did one episode of the Mr. T cartoon. Oh, wow. And it was really otherworld. I mean, because 
she and um, Paul Winchell and I mean it was a handful of just the all stars and what they were doing on the microphone was a whole different world <laughs> than what we were doing <laughs> when they weren't there and I don't know I'm sure that uh, imprinted on me in some way um, but yeah watching Mel Blanc was was crazy even though he wasn't doing any of his signature characters at that time you knew who he was and yeah it's 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 a memory i treasure yeah. you got oh, some noise so. in the background there yes yes <laughs> uh my studio is above the garage oh nice um, somebody's and, home yes exactly <laughs> sorry about that no if you're good That's and we'll we'll get it one more time when when they close the garage door <laughs> So let's jump from there. I mean, you you do everything. You've done TV, movies, animation. Just name it, and you do it. And uh, which one which one role do you really get recognized for doing the most? Um, let's see. It depends. Um, for people in their like twenties to thirties, um. It'll either be it'll be the on camera stuff. It'll either be um, Mad TV mm-hmm. or or Pulp Pulp Fiction. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what else? Um, although it's really odd to be recognized from cartoon stuff, but that happens every once in a while too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, again, like we said, people now know what exactly. you look like. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, let me just say, Mad TV, you were by far my favorite on that on that show. Oh, thank you. The, the UBS guy was a genius. Yeah, that was a fun character. Yeah, yeah. Now, you also did a lot of um, impressions on that show. Which one yeah. is your favorite impression to do? Um, hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, doing Prince. We didn't do it very often because it was hard to, to make it funny. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that might have that that was one I really oh and got to do Mo from the Three Stooges. Oh really? Yeah, we did just one time. Nice. One time. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Prince is a, a character on himself, isn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump now to probably I want to say John Stewart might be one of my favorite voices you do, Green Green Lantern. How did uh, you... yes, John Stewart, Green Lantern of Sector Two Eight One Four. How did you get involved in that show? I uh, I auditioned. Um, actually, I I remember that audition. It was uh, at a little studio here um, called Salami Studios, and um, they 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 were just having you know the the full on uh, casting call. And I remember that Dennis Haysbert went in uh, just ahead of me. And you know, Dennis like looks like the, yeah, the character. Yeah, he, he really does. He really the offset guy. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, wow. Um, and the yeah, it was you know, it was a lot of fun as a comic book person, especially. Um, it was great. Although I have to admit, before that happened, um, I wasn't. Um, uh, a, a, I hadn't watched Batman the animated series. Oh, really. So I wasn't familiar. I mean, I knew of it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know the you know how good. Yeah, that's one of the best cartoons ever. Yeah, uh, 
Bruce Timms, which is probably good. Yeah, maybe. I probably would have been more intimidated going in, in front of uh, Bruce and Andrea you know, if, I, if I'd known that. Mm-hmm. Now, were you a Super Friends fan in the 70s and 80s? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, Super Friends! Oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice! Yes. Oh, man, I loved that show as a kid, too. Although, I don't think I knew until years later that Casey Kasem did Robin. Yep. And, uh, but I knew, um, actually, that's, that's one of the weird ones in the sense that, other than that, I don't think I know really who did those voices. Those characters were so important and so iconic. Um, but other than Ted Knight um, doing the announcer and Casey Kasem doing Robin, I don't know who those voice actors were. Uh, Shannon, somebody did Wonder Woman. I know that. I don't remember her last name, though. Um, Michael Bell, was uh, was he one of the Wonder Twins? I think he was. I think and he Gleek, was. maybe? Oh, really? Uh, I, don't, I know somebody I interviewed was Gleek. I, I think it was Michael Bell. Yeah, I think it was Michael Bell. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's funny because, like, there are a lot of the the guys who were doing it then who are still in the in the business, but Michael, I think, is yeah. Well, and the, there are a lot of people who I know from the business who were on Smurfs, okay. but like no one from Super Friends. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe it's because of the voices they chose for that. Maybe they chose people who weren't, you know, who weren't doing the funny animal cartoons that made up the bulk. Of the other shows, they weren't the you know three voice kind of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can really see a super friend voicing a Smurf. <laughs> well, Michael was on. He on was Smurfs as he well. was on Smurfs. Yes, he was. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, let me tell you my little super friends story. I told it on the podcast recently, but you didn't mm-hmm. hear it. So, I used to have a huge crush on Wonder Woman, mainly because uh, Linda Carter. Ah, yes. And uh, so I used to pretend to be Wonder Woman when I was a little kid. (laughs) (laughs) I would go get some styrofoam cups, cut the ends out, put them on my wrists as her bracelets. Oh, my God. And I would spin around as Wonder Woman. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Yep. That's a little little fun story. I don't don't know why I wouldn't be (laughs) Superman or Batman, but I wanted to be Wonder Woman, I guess. I don't know. No, I wouldn't. Hey. I wouldn't would dress up as in a in a dress or anything. But well, she didn't wear a dress <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, although I guess on the TV show she did sometimes sport a cape. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't get that. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's funny. Well, th- that's the thing. I mean, she visually she was so much more interesting she, than Batman and Spider. I and think Superman. so. I think so. I mean, you know? yeah. I was. I was. Between the ages of five and ten, watching that show, so right, right. So you weren't as tied into gender identification. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, just like oh, she's strong and powerful and flies and has a plane. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah. So now you know a little bit more about me. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were your thoughts on the Green Lantern movie? I have not seen it. Oh, really? Oh, good. Uh, I really like Ryan Reynolds. I've I do met too. Him a few times in the past, um, and I mean, I don't know. I I've always had trouble with uh, the Hal Jordan Green Lantern conceptually. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, 
test pilots aren't cops. <laughs> Those are two completely different personality types. That's true. You know? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And as soon as he got that ring, he changed personalities almost instantly. Well, yeah, I mean, or or I mean, or they could have played it up in the fact that he's a loose, you know, like yeah. you're a loose cannon. Yeah. Give me your yeah. ring, Jordan, you know. <laughs> but he was supposed to be the best of the of the Green Lanterns. And I think originally it was supposed to be about something about fear and bravery and you know, but none of it ever really and, like, and why yellow? Why is it <laughs> yellow? Well, just because then without that he'd be stronger than Superman. Yeah. You know, and nobody wants that. Yeah. And it was I don't know, just character wise, it was a problem like Barry Allen the Flash made sense. Mm-hmm. That was a fully formed character he's a you know he's a scientist you know he's always running late he's got this that personality quirk where he's always running late but he's the fastest man alive you know that made sense like okay well i'm already kind of a cop so it makes sense for me to fight crime you know mm-hmm. like a test pilot you give a test pilot a <laughs> ring that he can do anything he wants to he's gonna head to the bar yeah <laughs> he's gonna you know fly the plane until it cr- blows up use the ring to save himself and go hey do you guys see that <laughs> I never thought oh, of it that way. Wow. I, yeah, wow. I'll never look at it the same again because I grew up with Hal, so I never had a problem with him as a character. Right. Well, of course, because at that age we don't question anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until the you know they started to do the movie, and that's that was a really interesting time because I had people come up to me whose first introduction to the idea of a Green Lantern, non-comic book readers was the cartoon, the Justice League cartoon. Mm. And they were like, who's he playing? It's true. You know, where's where's Green Lantern? <laughs> Why is he white? Right. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I guess, you know, because I grew up with a, a white Green Lantern, so I never thought of it that way. Right. Well, and I'm sure that there were people, older cartoon aficionados, you know, when Justice League came out, although... The, the hardcore people knew who Jon Stewart yeah, was, yeah, yeah, so it yeah. wasn't as much of a leap. You know, it was like, oh, well, at least they didn't pick Guy Gardner, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, but I'm sure there were people who were like, hmm, well, wish we could see Hal, you know? But I, th- and I think we had a little bit of that at the beginning of the show, but the show was so good mm-hmm. and worked so well that it was quickly sort of whatever reservations people had or I think were were pretty well pushed to the side by the quality of the show. The next show I want to talk about is also one of my favorites. Um when is Futurama going to come back just to be canceled again? Uh I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it is going to come back. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, like a YouTube type of, not YouTube, but maybe like a Netflix type of thing. That'd be great. Uh I don't know. I mean I think the the problem is we did so much of the show um, that it's really established in a certain way, and you can only do that show so cheaply, you know. And what tends to happen with these back from the dead things, you know, with the single exception of Family Guy, is you get brought back on a slightly smaller scale, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that there is any smaller scale for the show to come back on. Because basically we started on Fox. We went to um, the straight-to-DVD movies, yep. 
Um, but now DVD is no longer a thing. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Comedy Central, which, you know, budget-wise and audience-size-wise was significantly smaller than what we had on Fox. Um, so, but you never know. You never know. There may be another Amazon or, you know, some internet thing with deep pockets that decides to go full bore, you know. But I also think that, because I, I know that Community just came back on Yahoo with a significantly smaller cast. And yeah. I don't think um, the guys who run Futurama would really allow it to come back in anything less yeah. than its its full form. That show know? is that show is so character driven. You can't drop one of those guys from the from the set, and uh, it wouldn't be the same. Well, and also you can't like okay, let's do the animation cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, let's stop using that great looking three D stuff for the ship. You know, I don't think anybody wants to go backwards just, you know, to keep it on life support. You know, I think especially after having done, you know, the hundred plus episodes that we've done, it's like, well, it would be great to come back and do it again, but nobody's going to do it, do come back just to do less than we did before. Yeah. And a hundred episodes, that's, that's a milestone these days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's. I mean, that was that was always the old milestone. Like, if you get to a hundred episodes, you're in syndication, kid. That's where the money is. Um, and fewer and fewer things have the broad appeal needed for syndication. You know, and it's funny because I don't know. Now, now I'm going to go r- real inside baseball here. Um, you know, there was the big push for all the reality shows, and they took away. You know, time slots from scripted television, mm-hmm. and and they because they were much 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 cheaper. But what they didn't count on, I guess, for some reason, I don't know why. Even I knew it, and I know nothing. <laughs> was that no one's going to watch reruns of Survivor? No, like a show like that, where you know, where it's a game show or something, where you know, oh, we build this whole season up to find out who the winner is, The Bachelor. You know, who's he going to pick? Those will never be seen again. Nope. They have no, no afterlife. You know, you're not, they're not going to generate income. Like Seinfeld, Gilligan's Island, <laughs> those things, you can sit down and watch the same episode in a loop yep. <laughs> over and over again and still get some enjoyment out of it. But, you know, to watch, you know, the Kardashians again, uh. you know, that's like, it's like watching, uh, a rerun of a high school lacrosse game that you already saw. What's the point? Yeah, and and the scripts for these so-called reality shows are just ridiculous. I I I can't. St- I don't watch any reality TV whatsoever because I can't stand how fake it is. Oh yeah, I know. It's 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 horrifying. Um, yeah, and it's and yeah, and I think that's also part of it. You know, it's not a real story that's being told. Yeah. You know, because I think. You could, in that form, you know, tell something that speaks to people, you know, and have people want to hear that story again. Because that's really what it is. You know, when you watched a rerun, it's the same thing as when you had your your dad read you that story again at bedtime. Mm -hmm. You, You know the story. You know how it ends. You know all the ups and downs. But there is something about the telling of that story 
that's satisfying because it, you know, like Shakespeare. Shakespeare, re, you know, took these old stories over and over again and told them again because they still had something for us. I don't think, and maybe this is just an old man talking, <laughs> but I don't feel like these, the quote-unquote reality shows, the, you know, the camera following somebody's life shows, tell the same kind of story. It's just, it's voyeurism. It's watching the news. Mm-hmm. It's, oh my God, did you see that footage of the, the you know, bridge collapsing? Yeah. I saw it. That was terrible. That was horrifying. <laughs> you want to watch it again? No. <laughs> it's, the bridge fell. That's it. And it's, it's kind of sad that nowadays um, something like Amazing Race is more realistic than Real Housewives, you know? That is more exactly. real life than a real show is supposed to be. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, any, anyways... Any, Back, back to Futurama real quick. I would have to think that would probably be my favorite recording session just to watch. Well, no. You know what? You don't want to go to the recording session. Okay, the, you, the rehearsal? You want to go to the table read. Okay. Um, because uh, Futurama is not the only one who does this. King of the Hill did this too. Shows, in my experience, shows that are really writing-driven, mm-hmm. especially comedies, they get the entire cast together with the producers and the writers and everybody in the room. So they form an audience and they read the script out loud, Man. you know, doing all the things with all the, uh, the stuff, uh, the, the directions and the action being read out loud. Um, uh, and it's like a performance, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's really, really fun. Um, it's actually much more fun than the, the recording. The, the recording can be a little dull, just because it's very, very technical. Okay. You know, it's like, oh my God, that was hilarious. Like, yeah, but we got a little, you know, a little too much <laughs> breath on the S, so uh, go ahead and do that again. <laughs> you know. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now, Samurai Jack. That's yes. That's definitely a cult favorite of one of yours. I know that. I, I, I watched it. I liked it. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what to even say about Samurai Jack, but that was just, it's just like a piece of art. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great show. Um, and in in some ways, it's that's one. I'm not sure if I wish. Well, I definitely wish it had gone on. I I, I never want a job to end. Yeah. Um, that's just on a selfish level. But also, that show. I wish just more people could see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish it could go on so that more people could see it. Because it's one of the few things I've ever worked on that I feel like I could recommend to anyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, even if you're not a cartoon person or you're not into action or whatever, I feel like everybody can find something they they can appreciate about that show, whether it's the music, whether it's the colors, you know, whatever it is. It, it just has something, you know, it works on so many levels. And if I remember correctly, like the first episode, there was hardly any dialogue in it, right? In the first uh, episode, there is, uh, I think, a 10 or 11 minute um, section with no dialogue. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Which was unheard of (laughs) on American animation on Cartoon Network. Only other thing I can think of that's done that, it wasn't TV, it wasn't a movie. Wally did that, I guess. Right, but that was seven eight years later yeah exactly yeah that was unheard of back in those days and it was 
it was very well done. Yeah, no, Gendy is 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 a really really talented man, you know, and he keeps saying that he's he'd love to finish the story, mm. um, with an animated a two D animated feature. Oh, nice. So hopefully he'll he'll find a way to make that happen. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Now, what about the voice for for Jack? Um, did you go in there doing a samurai voice, or did you? Where they told you they told you to tone it down or anything or what? Um, well, one, what's a samurai voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I th- although I think on in the initial audition, um, I probably had a heavier Japanese accent than we wound up using. Um, but the main direction Gendy kept giving me was less, less. It's like, well, there's, a, there's all this action. Here's it. No. He's not. I know there's a lot of action going on. He is always calm. Almost like a Steven Seagal type of, you know, calm during his action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is not calm because of bad acting. This is calm <laughs> because of great training. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the biggest uh, – we had great I – mean, that was another one where it was like sort of my house and, you know, we had great guest stars, you know. Great Delisle and John DiMaggio, you know, did had great guest spots. David Allen Greer came through. <laughs> you know, basically everybody, mm-hmm. and they always had way more lines than I did, <laughs> which was funny. Yep, yep. <laughs> now I have one more thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, mm-hmm. You were a part of the Pee Wee Herman show on stage back in 2010. Yes, uh, I love yes. I love Pee Wee. I love his movies. I love the, the old show. I love the TV show. I mean, what was it like playing Cowboy Curtis? Um, it was, it was, uh, amazing. I mean, on, on a number of levels, one, um, working with Paul is, you know, I ama- mean, he's probably, you know, the word he's, he's probably a genius, mm-hmm. you know, the, the word gets bandied around a lot and outside of the scientific world, it's hard to really justify using it. Except in this case, he's so smart. He's so bright. He's so creative. And to see it work up close was just staggering. Um, it was also wonderful because Paul and I had known each other uh, through people from the Groundlings, and we had that shared background. That's right, yeah. Um, and I also knew Lynn Stewart. You know, so being able to do that show with friends um, was lovely, um, although that was also tough. Because um, I was, in a way, stepping into um, Phil Hartman's shoes. Mm. Um, although it's funny because everyone always compares it to, well, you took over Lawrence Fishburne's part. And it's like, sort of. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, definitely. He created the Cowboy Curtis character on, the, on the, uh, the Saturday morning show. But Paul used the script of the original Pee Wee Herman stage show. And there was a character Phil Hartman played called Captain Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, and that character had a storyline in the stage show. And when he adapted it again in 2010, he wanted to take elements of the TV show that didn't exist when he did the original stage show. Hmm. Because there was all that puppet land and all of that stuff didn't exist originally. You know? He created that world once he got to the TV show. You know, it, it wasn't even there for the movies. You know, so he pulled that stuff in, and Cowboy Curtis was one element he pulled in. 
uh, from the TV show into the stage show, primarily because he didn't want to have to cast somebody to play Phil's role. Ah. You know, everybody was playing their original role. Ah. Lynn Stewart was playing um, um, Miss Yvonne. Um, John Moody uh, was back as Mailman Mike. John Paragon as Jombie and Terry. Um, so he didn't want to bring... There were new people bringing, coming in to play new characters, and also um, my friend Lance Roberts took over the role of the King of Cartoons because um, William Marshall had passed away, mm-hmm. you know. But for because Phil was so integral, integral to the creation of Pee-wee and the Playhouse and the whole, you know, this TV show, the movie, everything, he felt he was irreplaceable. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. So, um, but my, I knew that my character was sort of stepping in the, the steps that his character had played in the in the shows, but you know, having the romance with Miss Yvonne, so that was um, that was tough because I'd met him briefly through the Groundlings, and he was just incredibly talented. Yeah, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I was I, I, I've no complaints. Uh, although there was one thing, I was watching the the tape of the the show just the other day, and there was one line that my cowboy Curtis says that was the same that Captain Carl said. Uh-huh. And I couldn't not do it the way Phil did. Yeah. You know? Um, God, what was the line? It was, uh, there, he and Pee Wee are sitting down, and it's like, it's the sea, Pee! You know? <laughs> uh, there, there's like a bit with a shell, which makes no sense at all for a cowboy. But... Um, but it was it was origi- it was a Captain Carl bit originally, and I just had to do the line like Phil. That was my my homage. Yeah, I, to Phil when, you, when you said that, I, I can picture his face with his big old smile. You know, his shiny white teeth. You know, and uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the Pee Wee Herman show was thankfully another in a line of wonderful. I mean, I've gotten to work with some really amazing creators. You know, with Paul, with Gendy Tartakovsky, with Bruce Tim, you know, and and to do work that, thankfully, people have recognized for you know the quality that it that it has. You know, I mean, not, we're none of us are you know, none of it was Titanic. You know, mm. not set for life, mm. but it's nice to know, you know. Oh, and Quentin Tarantino with Pulp Fiction. It's yeah. nice to know that I can look back on stuff that I've been a part of and know that, wow, I'm leaving behind, when this is all said and done, I'm leaving behind some good stuff. You and, know? and Pulp Fiction, it really did change the way movies are made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was revolutionary at the time. Well, it's funny because, yeah, you try to tell somebody in their 20s now, it's like, there was a time when a movie wasn't made out of sequence. <laughs> there was a time when movies in cineplexes weren't three hours. Now yeah. everything's three hours. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and also just in terms of like what can be done in terms of character, you know, breaking up genre, you know. I mean, again, Quentin was a pioneer, if not again a genius. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, Phil. Did you have anything you wanted to promote? Anything that you're working on right now? Um, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're doing uh, Turbo Fast, uh, an animated show for Netflix. Yep, I've seen the Uh, promos for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's which is a lot of fun. Although it's a bunch of us do like there were a bunch of celebrities who did the movie, uh-huh. and and none of them <laughs> are doing the uh, the uh, TV show. Um, so I'm doing a Snoop Doggy Dog impression. <laughs> nice, <laughs> uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, what else? Uh, my web series Inside the Legend, um, which it's very strange for me, you know, it's like, well, you do it and you put it up on YouTube, mm-hmm. search YouTube and you can find it. You know? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm trying to think men, women and children uh, came out this fall, the Jason Reitman movie that I was really, really excited to be a part of. And, uh, and the uh, shadow of Mordor, which is uh, a Lord of the Rings video game, nice. which is just, uh, I just got my copy and it looks amazing. What system are you playing it on? Uh, I played on the PS3. Okay, but it's, the people are telling me I, sh- I have to get a PS4 to to get the full yeah. effect, yeah. the full graphics, and they, and, I, and they don't have to get an eight year old to uh, play it for me, <laughs> so, I, so I can get up to my character. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Phil, this has really been a pleasure, man. I'm a huge, huge fan of all your work. Thank you so much, Tim. It's great talking with you, man. Yeah, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Can I have you close the show as, I don't know, pick a character to close it as. Maybe pick two. Uh, okay. But I will do Hermes and, uh, and, uh, who else should I do? Uh, I guess I should probably do, uh, Jon Stewart or maybe Static Shock. No, I'll do, I'll do Jon Stewart. Okay. You're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell. That's, T-I-M-N-Y-D-E-L-L you got to make sure you spell everything right or this paperwork is null and void. That's going to do for this episode. Please remember to follow me on Facebook and Twitter and please, please, please leave an iTunes review. All those links can be found on my website at SaturdayMorningRewind.com I'll see you guys next time. Billy help? Not really. Look, if you want to play your best, you got to play like a team. It's tied up! The next time you get angry over a bad play, remember you need teamwork to win, not arguments. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Thanks for listening to the Saturday Morning Rewind. And you believe you, believe you, that's all, folks.